Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen here with Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday, October the 21st, 2019. It is 4 p.m. in New York. That's 1 p.m. Los Angeles time and 9 p.m. in London, which would be 5 a.m. in Tokyo and 6 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And uh, Louis, I've got a, a topic for us today that came up literally about three minutes before I logged on to do the show. Um, cool. Was, What's that? I was on Facebook in the Imagination Creates Neville Goddard group, and a question was raised that I don't know if you and I have addressed it. We may have addressed it before. I've addressed it with others on the show, but it's not a topic we've talked about in a while, so I figure it's a good time to bring it up. And that is the topic of the law of attraction and religion, because there are a lot of people who are religiously faithful to their own religion who find contradictions, understandably, between what is taught uh, among about law of attraction and what is taught within their religion. And in this particular case, it was a young Muslim woman who was basically struggling with the fact that Neville teaches um, the idea that I am God, that, that we, are, we are ourselves, we are God, which is in direct contradiction to the Muslim teaching, which is that Allah is separate from us. We are, are, that our purpose in, as uh, Muslims, if we're Muslims, is to worship Allah. And that's that's a tough one. That's that's a difficult concept for somebody who's coming into law of attraction. And, and it also happens with people who are Christian. There are a lot of people who are Christian who are believers in the law of attraction, um, but it creates issues. So I figured, well, let's you know let's, let's address it as a topic because uh, you know it's something that's relevant to a lot of people. I know it's not something that you and I really think about very much because neither one of us really has much of a religious orientation. But that doesn't mean we can't have opinions about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I came from quite a, a religious background and then a spiritual background and now a law of attraction background. So it's been a progression and it, you know, it didn't all happen overnight. So right. anybody who's, who's got a challenge with, with, with the transitions is, it's quite understandable. It's mm. very, very normal because you're taking one belief structure, one set of thoughts you've thought often and you're needing to ditch them and you are needing to take on board another set of thoughts that you're thinking often about and then you need to be able to release those two to be able to grow often not always um and um and, and so it goes on and on and on so to me it's it's important for somebody who's in a religion to get to the the idea or the place where they can say you know what i am currently thinking about often or what i'm believing is not serving me very well yeah, and I want something else that I intellectually feel, and my common sense tells me, and my emotions are guiding me um, to something else. Then you know you need to move forward to that and, and follow that progression. And your family and friends are not necessarily going to like you for it. <laughs> Yeah, my first recommendation to her was don't share your LOA beliefs with your fellow Muslims. It's probably not going to be a winning formula to do that. Um, but I also, I, I proposed an idea. You can to speak to them. <laughs> well, you can, sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends how dangerously you want to live, really. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I proposed an idea to her. I wanted to run by you to see what you think. Um, that there is actually no rule that I know of that says that all of your thinking has to be logically consistent. Now, I actually like to have my thinking be logically consistent, but it's, it's about vibrations. What if you're you vibrating want to follow to. a religion, you can't have that belief, can you? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I'm going to propose the idea that you can. I just don't recommend you know spouting it to others, but uh, you can actually hold contradictory beliefs. Uh, and in fact, that's actually a key portion of becoming a conscious creator. Because one of one of the aspects of of kind of starting out and facing, okay, I'm going to create something that's different from what is, is to reject what is. So mm. you're starting with from the from the perspective of, well, this this is this is an iPhone. I mean, I'm sorry, but this is just an iPhone. You know, it's not an Android. <laughs> so, it's a pity it's not an Android, but it's <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't even go into that one, but. <laughs> But my point is, it is what it is. That's what we start from. And now we're trying to use our minds to say, well, I want to alter reality. And that, that alone 
is it takes a just juxtaposition that goes on there where I say, you know what, I'm not going to think this way anymore. I'm going to start thinking this way. And that's challenging. But it's also it quite consistent with what we have to do as conscious creators. We have to say, you know what, this old way of, of, of believing about reality is something that I'm going to change to this new way that I'm going to believe about reality. Mm. It's... Uh... It's it's like a step step by step process because unless you really want to want to move on, um, there are going to be so many reasons to hold you back. Oh yeah. And uh, I remember coming home. Just for an example, my my Catholic parents came home one day, day with my girlfriend, and they said, "Where do you want to sleep?" I said, "Oh, we sleep in the same room." I said, "Oh no, you can't do that." And I said, well, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that makes for an interesting conversation. <laughs> and uh, then my dad came to me in the evening and he said, uh, you know, I was alone in the room and dad was saying to me, you, you know that, um, you know, if you have sex before marriage, it's a mortal sin. And, uh, you know, you need to go and confess your sins and things like that. So mm, yes. I said to him, I'm, I, I don't want to spend my life in a confession box. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, he said, I just needed to say it, which I loved about it, and I will never bring it up again. Really? Okay. So he was respectful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it was really interesting because I started following a spiritual path, and they were very anti it in the beginning, all the rest of it. Then they started to to realize that the path was doing me good and it was helping me and it was strengthening me uh -huh. and it was making a better person out of me, then they, they couldn't really argue with it anymore. And that, that's really what is, is kind of the step-by-step -step process that the family kind of goes through. Mm. It's, it's like, you know, I just want the best for my child is ultimately what most parents want. I think so, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, when they step back and they see that the path is not, killing you, destroying you, and it's making you stronger and happier and healthier, then they're going to leave you alone. They're going to start supporting you in your own, in, their, in the best way that they can with their beliefs. Interestingly enough, too, this also ties into the idea that we can influence the thoughts of others because we know that. We know um, all the major law of attraction teachers have taught it. Abraham has taught it. Um, most of the responsible ones will also mention you can't control the thoughts of others. Anybody can control their own thoughts, but you can influence the thoughts of others, um, particularly where what they're thinking about and what you're thinking about are on the same vibrational level. You're going to basically reinforce what they're, what they're focusing on and help them maintain their focus, um, which is a powerful thing. Well, that also, I think, applies where religion is involved, because if you have uh, a set of beliefs that are different from, say, your parents or your friends or your you know, fellow worshipers or whatever. Uh, you, if, if you maintain a truth to your own belief system in a uh, in a clear and upbeat and positive and happy way that is true to what you really like and prefer in life, you're going to have a positive influence on the people who are close to you, regardless of what their belief system is. Now, how much of an influence is it going to be? Well, it's going to vary from moment to moment, depending on what their own vibration is. But there are going to be times where it's going to get through. Mm. And, and to me, that's that's exciting. And, of course, one person in alignment is more powerful than millions that aren't. That's true. And when you're leveraging that, being a happy, excited, and, and manifesting type person, they're going to respect you yeah. as much as you may be not quite living to their exact standards, but their exact standards or their religious upbringing standards are just there to help make a stronger, better person. Generally, most religions mm -hmm. are, are, are of that ilk. So I don't know. I never followed Satanism. For, for, <laughs> <laughs> what brought that one up? I'm curious. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure how that one works. I don't know how <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I suppose some people would find it hard to think that you could have a religion called Satanism, but, um, yeah, there are those guys out there, I hear. There <laughs> are. into one in my life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they really want the best for you and, um, your alignment or, or your, your, your positive influence is going to affect them and to the degree that they're willing to let that affect them, 
um, is going to be the degree to which um, you're going to be able to influence them. So the why I'm putting it in those words is because I'm trying to really emphasize the fact that the, your influence is limited to the amount that they allow it. Right. Exactly. That's a beautiful way of saying it. Your influence is limited to the amount that they allow it. That, that's excellent. That's really, really good. Uh, Lava Guy has posted a couple things, including a question. He says, thoughts and words create re- your reality. So what if there are no people around you? And I think he was kind of um, tagging on to what we were just talking about, how you can influence others. But what if nobody's around you? How can you possibly be influencing anybody? Um, find people around you then. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how anybody in this day and age unless you become a hermit consciously doesn't have people around them. So I don't know, maybe there are situations that I haven't really thought of, but when, when you're talking about influencing, you're not only influencing your, your, your immediate, immediate surroundings. When, when you're positive, your pure or higher vibrations stem and go everywhere. Exactly. And, the, the the worst thing is to focus them on manipulating somebody or getting them to do what you want them to do. And then then you're taking the pure positive energy and, and you're creating a storm where, you know, if you're in an office and you want everybody to start behaving the way you want them to, because you're in alignment, you now have that power and you can start trying to direct them. Um, but everything still goes quite haywire. Um, people okay. start getting into fights and... Uh, throwing papers all over the place and, you know, <laughs> it could be like, like, like havoc. So w- when you're in alignment, um, you really just want to let it go and it- it'll go as far as it needs and it doesn't need other people. It just needs to go forward. It might hit and bump into an animal and that'll help you know, help that animal and the animal goes to another person. So it goes on and on and on. The, the links between the physical vibration of humanity, um, and the physical universe will just go on forever. You really don't have to worry too much about if people are there or not there. Um, your alignment, no matter if you're in a cave in the middle of a, the Hindu Kush or <laughs> anywhere, um, you are still going to be helping the whole planet. You know, you're helping planet Earth, you're helping the trees, you're helping the, the every you know, the the piece of sand that you're sitting on or whatever. Um, you get the idea that, you know, that that is just vibrating outwards and outwards and outwards and outwards. And humans have one of the greatest potentials for alignment. I know Abram says that animals are particularly aligned and then they really help us and, you know, nature is very aligned and all the rest of it because they have low resistance. But um, humans really have an incredible ability to to get in alignment and stay in alignment and that, that can really help everyone. Walter can't hear you for some reason. Well, that would probably be because I was oh, muted for some reason. I don't know why I was muted, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just my computer having a little joke with me is what it was. No worries. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, what I was trying to say before uh, I unmuted my microphone was that uh, this is something that science has actually tried to uh, or has succeeded in demonstrating in, in certain rudimentary ways the idea that y- you don't have to be in near proximity in order to influence. Um, I was trying to do a quick look up, and I can't remember which um, which uh, species of monkey it is, but there's a particular monkey species where they're able to, to demonstrate that if you can have a, a, mon- the, a monkey of this particular species in one particular place, uh, focus on one particular thing, a monkey in the same species you know, on the next continent will pick up on it and will react yep. to it at the same moment in time. You know, yeah. so clearly even science knows that vibration isn't limited to what's in your immediate vicinity. It just, you know, it's everywhere. It's connect- the connection is literally boundless. Um, and about the only way that I can imagine that you could possibly conclude that you're alone, that you, that there's nobody nearby who can pick up your vibration or near enough to pick up your vibration is if you conclude that you're in a universe by yourself where there's nobody else anywhere near you. And, and that's, that's an interesting way of looking at a lot of the teaching that we're all living in our own worlds. Um, but to the best of my knowledge, I don't know anyone who really lives completely separate from anybody else because we are all part of the same source energy. Oh, he's playing with his picture again. <laughs> I, I thought I'd go to my proper mic. Oh, you got, you got a double mic going there. I got a, like an echo. 
Uh, I'm not sure what that is. Oh, actually, while you're fixing that, I've got more information. Should be better. Okay. I've got more information from Lava Guy. He says, I became a very weak man telling people my private stuff. I've embarrassed myself so much. People used me many times, and I see that everyone is pretty pretty much the same. No one really cares that the thing that makes people suicidal, that that's the thing that makes people suicidal, and they do it once they see how it really is. So, so Lava Man, my, my question to you would be this. Um, is it easier to change all those people that you're struggling with, or is it easier to change yourself? Ooh, that's a great question. It cuts right to the heart of it, doesn't it? It does. And that would simply be my question. I would want to know the answer to that, because once you really get that, you're on the track to sorting yourself out quite quickly. Yes. But if you don't agree with it, if you think everybody else must change, then you really have a very challenging route forward. Because for things to change, you have to change. Jim Rohn said that, and um, I always loved it. It so hits to the mark, you know. He was a Herbalife, well, he was a Herbalife distributor because he passed away. And mm-hmm. uh, we we used to go to Herbalife training days and we used to sit um, and listen to him and it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. And I actually qualified to see him with a hundred other people in London in a small private um, um, gathering. And that was amazing too. But um, I remember the, the final time I, I saw him at a, you know, we've got 10,000 people in the stand seminar. I think it was in Athens. Um, and he had a, a standing ovation at the end, and we were so emotional because he had just described the whole process of um, the whole process of uh, his journey in Herbalife from the beginning to the end, and how you know he started with Mark Hughes, etc. And it was just such an amazing story, and we were so you know enthralled by it and, and fascinated. And he had a twenty-minute, I think, standing ovation, and he came back wow. like. 10 times or something. It was just, wow. um, it was so emotional. It's the last time he ever came, if, if I remember correctly, to, mm. at least to Europe, to, 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 uh, worldwide. He was traveling to something like 70 countries a year. Wow. Oh my goodness. At, at his age, you know, yeah. and he was talking all over the place, but he was so clear. He, the brilliant message was he's clear. And he, and he kept mm. on saying, you know, if you, for things to change guys, it's, you have to change, not herb life, not the products, not, not not anything around you. You have to change. And interestingly, uh, Lava Man, Lava Guy actually answered your question. He says, "Well, it's easier to change the people." He's got people capitalized, and then he says, "Today, I've realized so many things. It's all fake. It's not that much about people. Everyone looks for looks out for their own interests, really." Now you've hit the nail on the head. Everybody is selfish. Now, when you start realizing that you are selfish too, that you want people to change so that you can feel better, okay. Then, then you start realizing that, oh, everybody is selfish. Okay, so where do we go from that knowledge that everybody is selfish? You go from, oh, if I just focus on what I want and not what I don't want, I want people to like me. I want people to accept me. I want people to listen to me. Then everything starts working out for you. Law of attraction starts bringing that to you. Okay, but when you start focusing on um, they're going to come to me with this and they're going to see this bad thing about me and, you know, I told them that and now they're going to bring, they're going to use that against me. Universal law of attraction just brings you more. So, you know, it, it's, it's so simple once you understand the law of attraction that you start saying, oh my gosh, why didn't I see this before? And then you start <laughs> really realizing, okay, so it's not them that are going to change, me that changes. And all I've got to change, the only thing I've got to change is what I place my attention on. Mm. The wanted or the unwanted. Okay, so I want people to appreciate me. I want people to respect me for what I am, what I do, and what I like. And that's all you need to focus on. And it really is no more complicated than that. You can make it more complicated. Mm-hmm. You can suffer and push and sweat and you know jump up and down. But if you just start taking your thoughts, placing them on what you want, the universe starts saying, that's your menu that you've offered and I'm just going to bring you more of that food. Let's give you some more of that, more of that, more of that. And 
it's there, there's a turning point because you can't go. You know, we we talk a lot about the emotional scale, um, uh, and I'm not sure if you're you're aware about that. I know you are, Walt, but um, <laughs> the, the listeners. But um, you know, you can't go from depression to happy. The gap is just too big. So you want to go from um, depression to revenge because there's a lot of relief and release from depression to revenge and from revenge to to rage and from rage you, you get a lot of relief and release if you go to uh, anger and when you go from anger to um, frustration you get a lot of relief and release from that and so you move up and up the scale um so you know it, it'll be good for you to have a look at you know search on the internet you'll find it very quickly and easy abram hicks um emotional guidance scale and have a look where you are on the subjects that you really want to change. And it'll be interesting for you to, to pinpoint, oh, that's where I am on that subject, that's where I am on that subject. And you'll find that you're different on different subjects. So you kind of play with that, and then you'll say, okay, so the one just up from that is, and then you'll say, okay, on this subject, I need to focus on one just up from that. And then when you work your way up and up the scale, you can eventually get yourself um, into that place that I keep in, that I'm talking about now is focusing on what you want and not what you don't want anymore. And it's, it's a fantastic journey. I mean, it's so clearly stated, so simply stated that a lot of people don't believe it is. Oh, come on, you're, you're joking with me. It's just too easy. <laughs> uh, it's like, that doesn't work like that. And, you know, if you are one of those people, I understand that it's, it's, it's not a problem, but it, it really is that simple. Um, and, the best thing to do to to kind of grasp it is to get a clear understanding of the law of attraction, which basically is this. Um, it's a universal force that, that amplify a universal power that amplifies thought. Focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Every subject's two subjects. Your emotions are your guidance, and if you just understand those four, then Everything changes in your life, everything. But to get a firm grasp about that, you know, and I always suggest to people, once you've got a bit of a grasp of those few basic principles, then go teach somebody. And in teaching, you will really get to know your subject, you know. No kidding. No take, kidding. take a friend, take an enemy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I recommend the friend approach first. <laughs> take, take somebody in your, your circle of influence and just say to them, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn this law of attraction thing. Let's see if I can teach you. And then you start saying, okay, thought, thought, thought is, somebody was saying to me, thought's very powerful. And I was thinking about it, you know, is thought powerful or is the universal law of attraction? Or yeah, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Where's is the power? That, yeah, yeah. Where's the power? So uh, it, it's kind of a bit in both, uh, you know, you need the, Somebody was saying, you can't call it the law of attraction. They were listening to a YouTube video or something or podcast probably. Ooh, I'm going to tread in somebody else's toes, but, um, <laughs> oh, that's okay. We've done that before. It's nothing new. <laughs> um, they were saying they should call it, um, the law of attention, not the law of attraction. I said, rubbish. I said, yes, you need attention to focus your thoughts to get the universal law of attraction to amplify it. But you can't call the universal law of attraction the law of attention. You know, you, you're just sure splitting you hairs. I mean, you, you can. You, <laughs> you can. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's 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 a journey for a lot of people to really understand it because a lot of people don't really um, haven't put all the pieces together. I know mean, a mm. lot of people. A lot of people have been that I've met um, in my circle of influence that are Abram Hicks fans. I knew about Abram Hicks long before me, but they never understood what they were teaching. They just enjoyed listening to them because it made them feel better. Yes. It made them feel good. Exactly. And I understood that completely, but they didn't fully get the message. So there's a there's quite a clear, strong message behind it at all, how life works. And if you know the rules to the game of life, I promise you, you can play the game much happier mm -hmm. way, much happier way. By the way, and, something I wanted to add is a corollary to what you said, which, by the way, I thought that was presented beautifully. I thought you just really nailed uh, the nail on the head. Um, the one thing I want to add is uh, Lava Guy was talking about how um, 
all these other people are responding to him a certain way. And, and when you asked him point blank, is it easier to change yourself or to change others? He said it's easier to change the people. Mm-hmm. Interesting Which, thing will happen as, as you've, uh, Lava Guy, as you focus on what Louis was just talking about and start following that thought process, it'll be amazing to you how quickly you'll get to the point where you say, wow, I, I'm not even thinking about trying to influence the people anymore. It, it just goes away quickly. But the, the interesting thing is, now that you've changed yourself, the people react differently to you. Now yeah, you think, too, yeah. <laughs> no, I, did I change them or didn't I? No, actually, <laughs> you didn't change them. They just stopped responding to your attraction point, mm. which is your thoughts. That's all that happened. Yeah. And when you don't have that hook that you're expecting them to react in a certain type of way, they don't react in that way. It just changes just like that. It can change within a fraction of a second. They can change completely. If you change the vibration within you, there's no way they're going to come at you with that same stuff anymore. It's impossible. But, which not, can be disorienting, by the way. I mean, the first time be. that happens, you know, you say, oh, what the heck just happened? <laughs> Why are they responding differently to me? What's happened? <laughs> and then it's even worse. You look in the mirror, who's that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, worse or better, depending on your viewpoint. But yes, it's, it's certainly different. All of a sudden, oh my God, everything has changed. What just changed? I know it. I can feel it changed. I can tell if people are responding differently. What just changed? I don't know what changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But after a while, you get used to it. You get, it, it starts to become more familiar. It starts to become part of your daily life, really. It's... It's incredible the, the, the length and depth. I mean, you, you understand a little bit about where I am in the big, bigger picture. And what I can tell you is that I haven't even started. I can just feel the potential down the road for so much more carving my future with my thoughts. Yeah. yeah I, I've, I've been experiencing uh, a lot of focus, if you will, on noticing how easily I can waver between two beliefs and one of them is the one that i've lived with for the longest time and i've become comfortable with it but it's really not the one that i want to have and the other one is the new one that i don't quite believe in entirely yet but i'm trying to work my way there it, it, there's that it, it feels like an in-between place mm. actually what's really going on is sometimes i'm shifted over here and sometimes i'm shifted over there and i'm just Absolutely. going back and forth back and forth back and forth but it feels like i'm like halfway in between them mm. and it it's disorienting but it's interesting all at the same time that there's this like this this gray area in the middle that i'm navigating while i'm doing all this hmm. the important thing i like to point out about what you're talking about is you're talking about certain subjects you're not talking about life in general true because in, life in general has many subjects you're talking about specific subjects and, and it's, i always think it's very important for people to understand that what i want on that subject is a train going that way what i don't want it's a train going that way and that that zing zong ding dong battle that you have in your thoughts creates stress and tension mm-hmm. and it, it manifests physically oh okay. yeah so once you really get on the, the path of the law of attraction you start feeling so much more confident and only focusing more on what you what you want that you you get to that surprising place of saying oh my god okay to me, the biggest surprise, the biggest surprise for me of the law of attraction was that my thoughts weren't torturing me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, what a relief. <laughs> yes. The relief that <laughs> you are not torturing yourself anymore with your thoughts, um, at least to a far smaller degree than you used to be. And actually, for me, a big portion of that was noticing that that was the case, that I was no yeah, longer torturing. Yeah. I mean, it took me a while to even notice that that was happening. Because I was so used to the other. It was just mm-hmm. like, it was kind of built in. Oh, well, that always goes on. Oh, no, it's actually not going on. Whoa, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Wake up call. That's right. Now, Lava Guy did follow up. He says, I understand and it's true, but uh, what, I'm going to translate this because uh, his English isn't great. But what do you do to stay positive when even your parents don't really understand you? I've tried many times. But they are elders, and I'm afraid that, seriously, I will commit suicide soon. Ooh. So the big thing is, why do you have the desire to get your parents to believe or understand you? Give it up. You don't need it. You need to believe you. 
And when you believe you, they will believe you without you even trying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just a journey of giving up, trying to convince anybody of anything, because you create your own reality outside all of them. They may bump into you for a few seconds here or there, but that's all it is. You know, you live your own life and you create your own reality. Um, I, lo- I love that story where um, in a concentration camp somewhere, this woman gave birth to a, uh, this Jew gave birth to a, uh, a baby and she, the baby wasn't very noticeable or whatever. She managed to hide it and she gave birth and she put them down in the sewers and um, fed them every meal time, and every time they could go to the toilet, etc. Somebody was feeding the, the kid. The kid grew up underneath there, but they they they, they created a idea or story in this kid's head that they were a princess and they were living in a cave and they were running around and doing things, and you know they were living a completely different life outside the concentration camp. Mm. You know, it didn't the, the kid had no idea where they were. Right. Absolutely none. So they were living a completely 100% different life to everybody else just because of the stories and the, and the ideas that, that were put into their heads and, and they started believing and the belief credit became a reality and I hear it was a very happy, healthy kid. And, you know, um, it was just an incredible story that I, I heard briefly one day. I don't have all – if somebody knows where to find that story, it would be quite interesting to, to listen to it again. Um, but it was told to me briefly by a friend. And it just amazed me because then you really get the idea that, you know, you don't need to convince everybody. If you can stop trying to carry everybody else to, yes. to believe what you believe and just live your life believing what you believe and, and, and creating it around you and, and moving forward, they're going to get left so far in the dust um, in, 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 in where they need to be and where they're going. It's not the dust. It's dust for you because you're going in this direction and they're going in their own direction. Neither of them are wrong. But you're going to be in such different poles that they're not going to affect each other uh, at all. So you, it's really not something to worry about. Don't try and convince your parents, please. Um, <laughs> I, I love it because I'm always telling my daughter, you know, uh, argue with me, disagree with me as much as you want. I don't need you to agree with anything I say. Mm. But don't just argue for the sake of argument. But you know, if you want to, if you want to go off and join Christianity, I'm not going to stop you. If you want to become a Muslim, I'm not going to stop you. If you want to become a Buddhist, I'm not going to stop you. If you don't want anything, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. find your own way if you want to, or don't find your own way. Take my way. I don't mind. Just do what you want. But, you know, focus on going your own way in your own time. And I'm not going to put any pressure on them because I didn't like it when it was put on me. So why would I want to do it as somebody else? You know, I know that they're creating and forging their own reality. And, you know, sometimes I say, you know, you know, you do need to think about work and what you're going to do after school and all the rest of it. Just just keep it in mind. But even that's not necessary because everything just unfolds. I mean, look at your own life. You don't really know what you're going to do at school and suddenly you're landing up doing this course and suddenly that happens and suddenly you get a job here. You know, it wasn't really planned. It was just like falls into place. Um, but when I look back, I start seeing the thoughts that draw those circumstances into my life. Mm. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I actually did carve out everything just with my thoughts. And I could have changed that by changing my thoughts at the time. I didn't realize it. You know, I was really focused because I was a white South African. I had to go to conscript army for two years. And I was thinking, you know, um, I really want to go into the intelligence service or some special um, type of um, division of the army, etc., kind of wanted to become a spy or an assassin, you know, I was Oof. really curious. Uh, um, I've got a very violent, not violent streak, I've got a very devious, kind of, no, not even devious anymore, what is it? Um, by the time I was about 12, I knew over a hundred different ways to kill a person. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you didn't have as many friends as you wanted. Jeez, I mean, you kept killing them off. <laughs> um, and it was interesting because when, when I got my um, army papers it was to go to the special service battalion and i'm like what is that that sounds cool i'm wondering if it's like even better than the the intelligence service and uh, (laughs) it landed up being tanks so i learned to gun drive and command a tank (laughs) 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 such a useful skill i use it every day you know yes i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) 
But, you know, I was thinking about army and all the rest of it, and I created it. You know, other people created I didn't want to be go to the army, and I wanted to be a conscientious objector and landed up being clerks in a town or something like that. So, you know, anything could have happened, but mm-hmm. I was focused on doing some kind of military-type thing or some kind of fighting and all the rest of it. By the way, I wanted to address something else that Lao Guy said. He, he used the word elders. And this is a very important concept for, I would say, a majority of people around the world. The idea of respecting your elders and, and even placing elders up on a high pedestal, it crosses culture, cultural lines. There are so many cultures that very, very strongly believe in this. So uh, I understand where Lava Guy is coming from on this. I normally don't play this, play the elder card very often, but I earned all of my weight here. And so I think I qualify as an elder. And I want to state for the record that all elders do have to go to the bathroom because they're full of crap. So keep that in mind. Just because somebody is an elder doesn't mean they have all the answers. It doesn't mean that they know better than you. It doesn't mean, it just means they've lived longer for goodness sake. That's all it really means. But it doesn't even mean that. What do you mean? When you die, you're pure positive energy. When you come in born, you come out of the expanded pure positive energy. Oh, you're right. Yes, I should qualify that. I I have lived in this lifetime, this particular uh, physical manifestation longer. So really, if you understand it, because you're younger than your your parents, you're, you're actually more in vibrational harmony and tune with the source and with the whole. So actually, the elders should be respecting the young people and the babies. Absolutely. And all I the rest of it. Totally buy that. Yeah. So this whole elder thing to me is as false as it gets. Um, and it's us old people who should be learning from the young. And, you know, when, when you get that, when, when you get that we all come down here to carve our own reality, mm-hmm. not the reality of our parents or our elders, then you look at life very differently. You stop taking on board the belief structures of your parents, your religion, your, your, your everything, and you start focusing very simply on, what do I want to do? What do I want to do today? Hmm. Or even, what do you want to experience today? Yeah, I want to be happier. Mm-hmm. What will make me happier? Hmm. Well, I just want to blow up a balloon and hit it around the... <laughs> lounge with my daughter. You know, that'll make me happy. Okay. That is what I'm going to do today. It's as simple as that. It's really not more complicated. Mm-hmm. And then you're focusing on what you want and you're manifesting. You're focusing on what you want, you're manifesting because you're focusing on what you want that makes you happy. It's easier to manifest because one person in alignment, where well, happiness is alignment, one person in alignment is more powerful than millions that aren't. It's more likely they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. Universal law of attraction will expand that, make it happen for you. So you're now not only leveraging your thought, you're now leveraging the law of attraction, and you're manifesting what you want. And so it just, you just partying, man, partying all day. <laughs> Sounds like a nice lifestyle to me. I don't know. Should we, should we, who wants to sign up? Raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, me, me. <laughs> oh, I'm already signed up. <laughs> a lot of guys says, why does it seem so easy for you to go through all of it? Why do you want to make it difficult, Lava? Why? 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 You, you know, it's a choice. You can say, oh, I want to make it challenging. And I can tell you about how challenging it was for me. And oh, it sure. really was. And I can tell you about all the pain, all the changes that happened and, and all of it. And I've, I've pointed to some of them along the way already this evening. And it, the important thing about those kind of experiences is not the pain of them but how you transform them into what you want. You know what you don't mm-hmm. want. Now I know what I do want. And it's the transformation of those stories that are, that are very important. And we all go through knowing what we don't want, which in some language we call shit. Okay, so we all go through shit, but when you climb out the shit, there's some fresh air and some clean water and you move on. And so it goes on and on and on. It's, it, it's a process. Now, the big problem... I find when somebody says, why does it seem so easy for you? Or, you know, why, why um, is it so hard for some? Or, um, you know, then I, I get to understand that they don't 
um, fully get the picture of the law of attraction because when you do, you realize that there's nothing negative in the world. Nothing, ever. There are only expansion points. And I'll bring up my old story to um, um, to amplify um, and, and explain it. So I'm in the sauna and there's this Christian guy there. And uh, uh, I, I really like the guy. He's a really nice guy. And, and he says to me, you know, Louis, I really liked what you were chatting about the law of attraction the other day, but there's one thing I must say I completely disagree with you with. And I said, great, what's that? <laughs> and he said to me, um, you know, evil is real. I said, is it really? <laughs> he says, yeah, absolutely real. I said, okay, great. So tell me, um, have you ever been evil or bad to anybody in your life? Have you been, or have people ever been mean or evil to you in your life? He said, you know, you know, I, I was an alcoholic, Louis, and, um, you know, I've really gone through a lot and you have no idea how much I've been bad to people and people have been bad to me and evil, et cetera. He says, it's, it's unbelievable. I said to them, but you know, this clean, clear eyed guy I see in front of me today, who's really seems to have his act together. I mean, you're teaching the alpha courses at the Christian church, etc. You've really got it together. You're a really nice person. You, you've obviously completely cleared everything up. You say, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm bang on track. I said, great. So I said to him, now, did all those negative experiences, did they not carve you into the person you are today? And he didn't want to say yes, I could see that. But begrudgingly, he said, well, yeah, they did. They carved me into it. So I said, were they really negative or evil things, or were they expansion points that helped you get to where you are today? And he really got it. He, you know, at, at some stage, he's like, yeah, absolutely. You're completely correct. You know, they were actually expansion points. So when you stop looking anything as negative and you start seeing them as expansion points, you start understanding that we never have to experience them for very long. So the big key here is not to say that there's no negativity in the world, okay, but let's replace the word to expansion points. There are loads of them. All right, but now you don't spend too long on them. You shorten the amount of time you spend on what you don't want. And that is what absolutely changes everything. Instead of spending this long time worrying about what everybody doesn't like about you, you're now saying, oh, they don't like that, so wouldn't it be nice if they did like this part of it? And look what that would look like. Ooh, how would that feel if they really respected me for being gay or different or wanting to change my religion or... Um, by or whatever your trip is. Okay, so wouldn't it be nice if they respected me for being there, doing that? What would that look like? What would that feel like? How could I visualize that? And the most time you spend thinking about that rather than what you don't want, you've turned the point. You've changed everything. And then when they come to you and they want to crap all over you for being gay or whatever it is, um, and then they suddenly look at you, and they can't feel the hook anymore. And they're looking around like, <laughs> where's this guy gone? Yeah, right. He's still gay, but I can't affect him anymore. I can't do anything to him. I can't say anything anymore. Because the vibrationally, it's not correct to do it anymore. It doesn't feel right to them. So they just oh, completely deflated, walk away and confused usually. Um, and then you start realizing that it wasn't them that have changed. It's you that has changed. Yeah. And now because you've changed, their reaction to you has changed. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that's how I empower myself. So that's what the law of attraction does. A, it makes you allowed to dream again. And this is the important thing. We all need to be able to dream and know that they can come true. Mm. The law of attraction teaches you how easy that is. Yeah. teaches you how simple it is. teaches you how you can turn everything around. And um, the other thing is, you know, once you've got that dream, you can carve your life differently and move forward. So, you know, it's just like a complete breath of fresh air and, and empowering. And we all want that. You know, we all, when come, somebody says to you, you know, when your parents says to you, you know, I, I believe, darling, you, you can do whatever you want. You, you have the power and you have the ability to do whatever you want. And that feels good to you. It's it like, does. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. It feels good to you. Yeah. And you start realizing, what does that feel good to me? 
oh my gosh, it is actually a universal truth. Mm-hmm. It's not just my parent being clever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which does happen, absolutely. Well, yeah, it is. It, it is a universal truth. Um, there's also something else I like to point out where negativity and evil and wrong and so forth, where all those terms are concerned, they are not terms that have anything to do directly with law of attraction. They are moral terms. And moral terms are all about, basically, morality is about trying to get other people to behave the way you want them to behave. And when you phrase Ooh, it that don't way... don't tell a moralist huh? <laughs> yeah, that. They won't like that too much because they want it to be objective and existing and, you know, already in its own place without them being involved in it. But the fact is, that's what it is. It's just... You know, people deciding that they don't like this thing and they want you to behave this other way. You know, well, it's very it's very difficult to be a moralist, though, because... Oh, it's frustrating m- as heck. Because my morals are different to your morals, and then whose morals are right, and it just becomes such a cesspool of confusion that you don't know where to go after a while, you know. Um, until, until you get to that stage of not caring about what other people do. And it's the biggest thing Abram says that is the challenge with human beings, is worrying about what other people think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a biggie. That's one that, it's, that we it's all deal with. the biggie. Yeah, there's no doubt <laughs> And about. I still find it affecting me now and again. It's like, oh, my gosh. Mm. What are these guys going to think? I'm scratching my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, hey, my head's a little bit itchy, so what? <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. Relax. Tomorrow it won't be. Who cares? <laughs> um, I don't, you know, you, you start well, stop worrying about what you think people are going to think about you anymore and you start focusing on where you're going, what you want and what you're doing. And, you know, the excitement that comes out of that is incredible. My wife and I are both quite ecstatic at the moment. And if you find yourself stuck on the idea of negative and wrong and evil and so forth, despite your best efforts to kind of shift your mind away, one of the things I like to do is kind of change the wording around and remind myself when I say that something is evil or wrong or in some way negative, what I'm saying is I don't prefer that. And when you I see say, those words, I, 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 I don't prefer that. I don't prefer that. That's right. Okay. Now, completely accept that. But yeah. if you want me to agree with you, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I might agree with you. I might choose to agree with you, but otherwise it, I will make up my own decisions and my own path. Well, that's fine. I like that. And by the same token, whenever I want to think about something that is generally regarded as good or positive or righteous or whatever, I just take those words out and replace them with I prefer that or I like Mm. that. So I break it down to I like or prefer, I don't like or I don't prefer. And boy, does that take all the angst out of it. Mm. Because now I don't have to solve the world's problem with evil. I don't have to... D- decide who's right and who's wrong. I don't have to get involved in, in trying to make somebody else think the way I want them to think. You can, can just choose to love Donald Trump. I can choose to ignore Donald Trump. I can do whichever <laughs> one. It makes no difference. I, I can simply say I like or I don't like. I prefer or I don't prefer. And that's it. That's the extent of it. It doesn't have to go any further than that. It's very simple. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, I've I've constantly said on these podcasts, you know, I don't need anybody to agree with me. Um, it's not a requirement of mine that, you know, somebody um, agrees with what, what I'm saying or, or doesn't. But I do encourage you to find your own. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, your, your own idea of what's right and wrong and, and, and follow it. Follow it. And be prepared to change it if it's not working. Yes. You know, is it working for you? That's what I'll, I'll often like saying about my beliefs. Is, mm-hmm. is it working for me? Is it, is, is it, is it helping me become happier? Mm. So if, if you want to take your belief, X, Y, and Z belief, and you take just one and you look at it carefully, does this belief, thinking about it, just using the thought aspect of the belief, does thinking about this belief really make me feel better? doesn't make me feel happy. And that is your guidance. And if it's not, your higher self is saying, I don't agree with that belief. Mm. I don't agree with that belief. I don't agree with that belief. Turn around, go the other way. Right. (laughs) As fast as possible. 
Not that we always heed the advice. Usually we often don't heed the advice. I'm just saying that's what it's trying to tell you. Yeah, 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 as fast as possible. It would love you to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> it would love you to be happy. So, yeah, yeah, as fast as you possibly can. And I wouldn't worry too much about the fact that, you know, we do tend to spend a lot of time focusing on what other people think because even just the act of worrying about it is just going to make you want to think about it some more. What you're trying mm. to do is just let go of the idea entirely, just you know, not care and be just, I don't care about that stuff, about trying to make somebody else behave a certain way or think a certain way. I don't really care about that. It's not important to me. Mm -hmm. What I prefer is something entirely different. It has nothing to do with their, what they're going to do. And if you can get into that mind space, you're, you're like 90% of the way there, right there. Mm. Maybe even a hundred percent. Yeah. I, <laughs> I struggle to think back now to those days where I had people who expected me to do things in a certain way. It's just so far gone in the past that I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a long memory away. <laughs> By the way, Jeffrey jumped in and he says, I, I choose to have compassion for Donald Trump, which is not popular. I know, but I definitely see the pain in that human, which is an interesting viewpoint. I mean, for me, I consider him to be a master conscious creator. I, I don't like what he chooses to create, but boy, he is good at it. So to me, there's something to be learned from him there. It doesn't mean I want to emulate everything about him. It just means, wow, he's really good at it. So, Jeffrey, let's talk about this for a moment. The idea of seeing the pain in somebody. Mm. Okay. So if you look at a physical representation of uh, the American president, you, you get the idea that the thoughts have tortured the body for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, there's no doubt about that. It's quite clear, black and white. Yes. It doesn't take a spiritualist reader to work that one out. Um, so what, what, what you're perceiving is the pain in the individual, clear, no problem. But are you seeing how that pain is helping him expand to what he does want? <laughs> there is an interesting question. Because once you're doing that, you're on the right track. But if mm -hmm. you're just seeing the pain and feeling sorry for him, that has not helped the dude at all, okay? doesn't help you. doesn't help anybody, all right? So get to see how the pain in others expands them because you need to see that in yourself. You need to see how the pain in yourself expands you, how the torturous thoughts, experiences, beliefs, uh, expectations, uh, designs of society, etc. When you know what you don't want, you can expand to what you do want. So the true healer is not somebody who sees the pain. They sees the potential of what they can become. And because of the pain, it's quite, it's generally quite a clear direction of where they want to go. <laughs> and if the healer can hold that clear picture of where they want to go in their mind, they're helping. They are really helping. It's the yeah. same with your child, you know. My daughter often forgets the dishwasher. So um, <clears throat> there is an old school thought that you've got to torture this into them um, or how do you make <laughs> her love it? Now, it, it's challenging because, you know, a kid – Teenager does not, or almost teenager, doesn't want, uh, doesn't, doesn't want to help out really. It's, it's not what they want. They just want everything in their lap. So you, you kind of have to step back and say, well, if you don't do that, you know, I, I don't really feel like cooking anymore. So it's, it's fair enough. <laughs> there's no cooking. There's no dishes to clean up. So, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I know what I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the only thing I ask my daughter to do is to help out in the house. I said, beyond that, I'm pretty much giving you free reign to do whatever you want. I mean, literally, think, believe, go, do, you know, walk, walk to school at the age of eight um, and, and younger by herself, you know. Um, and I, I've just given her freedom to go and do whatever she wants uh, because, you know, you just got a balance, balanced individual who I trust and respect. Um, and I know that very positive and happy most of the time is going gonna, is gonna, to, you know, is going to protect her. So, you know, the only requirement I do have is, you know, help out. And uh, the way I'm trying to do it now, I think I'm failing quite miserably, so I'm going to change the <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's interesting you mentioned teenagers because a teenager is actually at that point of differentiation, as the psychologists yes, describe it. very much And so. at that point of differentiation, they are literally at the point where they're asking, okay, what do I want in my life? Yes. And because I've so encouraged it from a young age, I don't think my daughter's going to have a massive teenage issues at all. I think that's going to sail through like absolutely nothing. I'm sure and um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be how it's going to be with yeah. my daughter. And it's actually kind of fun to watch. And I can't quite say it's the same with the second daughter. <laughs> the four-year-old's <laughs> stubborn as well and, and very focused on what she wants. And so, yeah, and I'll still give her loads and loads of freedom. I'll do the best I, I can um, with, with non-interference, with letting go, letting them do what they need to. Um, and, you know, just trusting that their higher self knows what is best for them to manifest in their lives and just get out of the way. You know, so many parents who just do that more often, their kids would be so much happier. You know, I was so surprised because in the Croydon area here in London, they had this huge, you know, going to the streets and burning it and stealing and all the mm -hmm. rest of it. And, you know, the youth were so angry mm -hmm. with society, with politics, with the rules, with the regs, with the yeah. inconsistencies, with you know, all of that. And they were absolutely letting rip. And I was looking at this and saying, my gosh, these kids have not been given freedom on so many different levels. And they are fighting for it with every bit of their breath. They are not happy. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really interesting because, you know, everybody else was saying, oh, they're bad and rude and, you know, thieving and, you know, so it goes on and on and on what they all not, not doing right. But, you know, underlying it all, I can't see my daughter going out and joining them. I just, you know, I can't see that because she's had so much freedom to choose everything that she wants that I don't think that would be a choice of what she needs, you know. I just don't think so. But it could have been. Could be, it's possible. Know. Anything can happen. It's possible. Anything can happen. But, Anything um, can happen. Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I think – when I'm looking at a lot of the parents bringing up their children, they, they really have quite a tight rein on them. Yes. And that tight rein, you know, what do you do with a tight rein? You try and chomp at the bit, don't you? You just want to get away. And, uh, you know, if, if you're given more freedom, if, if the parent can trust the design of their soul to put them in the right situations... And the way you're saying that, too, is the way that most people think about giving them their freedom. But it's actually a misnomer when you think about it. Because what it really is is respecting the freedom they already have. We're already free, all of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. I like the way you put that. That's brilliant. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all 100% free. It's just that there are many parents who don't want to respect that freedom. Mm. And for, for a variety of reasons, all of which boil down to, I need you to behave a certain way so I can be happy. Yeah. <laughs> which is quite an, quite an annoyance when you bring it out into the open like that and just put it in front of their faces. Like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm doing this for my kids on good. Yeah. yeah, my daughter must do that dishwasher. I'm not happy. <laughs> it is so true. It's true. It's true. And it's also one of the harder things to come to grips with because we really do want it to be about, oh, I'm doing this so that my kid can have a better life than I had. I, 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 I am doing this for the benefit of my child. No, you're not. Come on, let's get honest here. You're doing it for your own benefit. You're doing it for the benefit of, of the child that's in your head, not yeah, the child yeah. that not, not that other child that's over there, for the child that, that's in your imagination. And there's nothing wrong with having the child in your imagination, but just recognize what the difference is. Hmm. There's them and there's what's in your imagination, you know? Now, this is where some teaching gets a little bit convoluted because part of the process is learning how to imagine that what's in your imagination is the reality. Um, but there's also part of it is that we are all source energy. We are all part of that source energy and we are all individuals and we are all connected. We're, we're like drops of water that are connected to the other drops of water. Mm. It's all one continuous flow, but we're also individual. We're individual, but we're all one together. It's both at the same time. And in that kind of an environment, in that kind of an existence, which is really the only existence that there is, you have to both be respectful of the freedom of others and true to your own beliefs at the same time. And that's the challenge. That is the precise challenge. Can you be respectful to the other drops of water while being true to yourself as a drop of water? Well, 
yeah, it's it's a, it's an important question, and it'd probably be good to go on on the next day. But I see it's like four minutes past. Or yeah, we wouldn't be able to. Wow. We'd have to do another show for that one, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to save that one for next week. But that's okay. That gives us a topic for next week. So absolutely, okay that, absolutely. Know? But Lava Guy, thank you very much for your questions because I mean we don't get it very often where somebody in the live stream is is you know basically tossing a softball so that we can hit. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Thank you very much for doing that. Yeah, love it and. Uh, Find, find things that make you happy. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's, it is the most important thing, and it's, it's the basis for how you, you actually grow as a conscious creator. So thank you, Louie, for your wisdom and insights, as usual. It's a lot most of welcome. Thank you all. all that. Thank you to our live streamers, and thank you especially to our podcast listeners as well. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.